Hey, it's Chell. And Josh. And welcome, welcome to, to the Unstuck, Unstuck Institute. Institute. Stuck in a day job you hate? Not sure how to start and grow your own business? The Unstuck Institute podcast is all about helping you take your next step on the road to working for yourself. Unstuckers, Josh here is joined every week by my co-host Chell. Say what's up, Chell. What's up, Unstuckers? We are back with another rousing episode of the Unstuck Institute. And this week, we've got a special guest, Lenny Richardson, a digital marketing expert uh, who co-founded the company Affinity Agency. Give us three simple steps to attract more clients and customers. What do you think, Chell? Yeah, I think this is a really good episode. These are some really practical steps you guys can take to start generating and obtaining clients and maintaining them. We learned that that's key for the long term. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so without further ado, let's just get into it. Our interview with Lenny Richardson. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, as far as uh, where I'm from and how I kind of, how we're here, um, right now I'm living in Virginia, originally from Pennsylvania, um, sort of went to Penn State and started a um, sort of a college website for uh, college students to kind of help them with some of the basic skills I thought were missing in college that they didn't really teach but I thought were valuable for students like um, basic finances, um, some personal development for college students. Uh, some of it was a little bit more detailed, like about more about loans, um, externships, internships, different resume building. Wait, wait, exercises. wait, externship. I've never yeah. heard that term before. Oh yeah. A lot, yeah. It's a very uh, uncommon type of work for college students, but it's basically the same as an internship, but you can get paid for it. And it tends to be a lot shorter than an internship. Oh, I've, so I've seriously never heard that term. So thank in you. In culinary school, that was like a really big thing. People did a lot of externships with like Disney Corp. So like they get huh. paid to like be at Disney for six months. Sweet deal. See, I've heard the Continue. term paid internship, <laughs> but I've never heard externship. So, oh, well. Anyway, sorry, totally derailed, but I, no. <laughs> I learned a new word, so there you go. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah, in college, that's kind of where I started doing something, we'll call it entrepreneurial or business related. Um, did that for a while, graduated, moved to Virginia, initially wanted to go to law school in Georgetown in D.C., um, literally moved down here with some friends, and at the very last minute, decided that I did not have any desire whatsoever to go to law school. Um, so I didn't go and ended up working actually at a law firm um, as a marketing coordinator and getting my real estate license. Things kind of one thing led to another. Now I'm sort of doing my own marketing company, digital marketing company. Yeah. So, so tell us more about the digital marketing company and like, and how, how and why you decided to go that direction? Um, so as far as kind of how we got to it, so I personally love marketing. Um, and I, it's, it, 
it's one of those things where I didn't know I loved marketing until someone brought it up and I kind of came to the realization that marketing is awesome. Um, and I'm trying to help myself from talking too much about it because I can get into a rabbit hole about marketing. But um, when I did the original college website, it was called College Conqueror. And when I did real estate, basically the majority of that was marketing. Um, you know, I think in any business, there's always the product, there's always the service, but for the most part, if you don't have good marketing, none of that matters because if no one can find your product or see your product, or if they don't know it exists, it might as well not exist as far as, far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, it's true. And totally so true. as time went on, I sort of realized that we're going from sort of an old fashioned type of marketing style to a more it's digital marketing, but I feel like digital marketing is evolving very quickly. Um, so I, I just felt there was a need to basically make a company that helped people with digital marketing and the different ways to market their specific brand and their specific business. Um, if that answers the question at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I learned what you're saying about marketing the hard way when I uh, started my business and I launched my website and I, twiddled my thumbs and waited for the phone to ring. Yeah. <laughs> I got my, got my piece of internet real estate. Now the phone should just start ringing. Oh yeah. wait, there's this thing called marketing. I should, I should learn a little something about. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone, that's kind of like where everyone starts. They, they put it out there or they create something. They're like, Oh, I have a good idea. And they yeah. think the idea is a hundred percent of the, the work. And that right. once you realize that you have an idea, the phones ring, people start texting. It's like, oh, everyone will come because I built it. And yeah, then realize, I, t- I totally made a Facebook post. Uh, so where's <laughs> where's all the customers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is but, there a particular is there a particular type of client you like working with, like small businesses, medium scale businesses, maybe a specific um, niche or what do you like to do? Yeah, so for now, um, mainly small businesses, and specifically, I try to focus on the the fitness industry, um, personal trainers and gyms, um, and I'm kind of experimenting with restaurants right now to see if I can help sort of in that industry as well, mm-hmm. um, but I think small Very businesses cool. need it the most because they tend to have the, the, few, the fewest resources. You can sort of, if you're a big company with terrible marketing, relatively speaking, you can kind of just get away at throwing money at things. And eventually, you know, if I can spend $10,000 on Facebook ads, even if the ads aren't great, I'll still get some attention because I have money to burn, you know, hopefully, you know, it's an issue, I guess, if we're talking about big businesses, if they are profitable, but that's beside the point. Um, Small businesses don't have the luxury, I guess, of dishing out tons of money to get attention generally. So my goal with small businesses is kind of to really focus on what's most productive and what really gives them the best return. If that makes yeah, sense. Like the most efficient use of money when you yeah. don't have money to burn. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the objective. Uh, that's, that's sort of where I try to narrow in for small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you, uh, you came here today to tell our listeners about a simple three-step plan to attract more customers and clients. You want to start telling us about that? Yeah, sure. 
Um, so the three-step process is, first of all, it's not, I didn't invent it. It's not mine. It's been around for quite a while um, in the marketing world. But it, the reason why I like to bring it up is because I took it for granted over the years of just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying different things, reading different books. You sort of hear about it and you take it for granted. You assume that everyone's doing it. And as we started to, me and my business partner, build the current marketing business that we have, we realized a lot of people aren't doing this three-step process, um, which was very interesting. Um, mm. But so essentially the three-step process is create a lead magnet or some offer of some kind, something that's appealing to your potential customer, client, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Second step is put them in a database. Um, and I can get deeper in all three you know, specifics, but put them in a yeah. database. And then the third step is follow up through... I suggest emails, but depending on the industry, depending on the business, you can get fancy with it. You can use emails, SMS marketing, social media marketing is fantastic. You know, there's plenty of ways to keep in contact and follow up. But the main key is to keep following up. Um, right. Well, good, good. I'm I'm doing number one, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I'm glad you're here. I need to learn more about this whole uh, number two database and number three follow-up. Uh, that's always been my hang-up. <laughs> so uh, let's let's go section by section and get a little more into the weeds. So for people who don't know, what do you mean by lead magnet for step number one? Um, so a lead magnet is essentially, it's some people call it a bribe. I don't like to think of it as a bribe. That sounds a little bit, sounds a little bit negative. Um, to me, it's a gift. It's something that you give to your potential client or customer in exchange for contact information. And you're basically saying, if I give you this, do you agree that I can contact you in the future? Which, you know, if they take it, that's a yes. Um, for anyone listening, one of the most common ones I'm sure everyone's seen, if you go on a website, it's usually an ebook of some sorts. Uh, ebooks work very well. Um, Sometimes people get creative. I've seen some people give free courses away. And it, it, it depends on the industry, too. If you're doing a restaurant, for example, it could be a coupon or a limited time offer for a certain meal. Um, I see you have guitars. I know, like, sometimes music stores might offer a discount or you buy a pack of strings or you buy a, a pick in exchange for an email address. You come in, redeem the offer. Um, something like that. They're all – those are examples of lead magnets. Just something to uh, – entice a potential customer so what what kind of lead magnets are you uh having your clients like in in the guess the fitness industry what kind of lead magnets are you having your clients make and do so it kind of depends on the individual gym or trainer um mm -hmm. for some people i suggest workout routines because in in the past on the internet at least workout routines are pretty easy to find and you can kind of go on Pinterest and find really short, I guess, images of five or six workouts. Um, mm. But I like eBooks that have very detailed workout routines and nutrition plans. Um, just because if I show you five different forms of sit-ups, it's not the same as if I give you a very detailed three-month-long plan. And if I give it to you for free, that's way more valuable than a simple picture. 
Um, other gyms, I know one gym I talked to a week or so, yeah, like last week, um, they do free fitness evaluations because they have a whole process where you come in, they do a customized training program. Um, so the free fitness evaluation is perfect. Come in, you get your body fat uh, measured. Sorry. <laughs> you get your body fat <laughs> measured. You can figure out, you know, if you have deficiencies in one arm versus another, uh, any muscle imbalances. So those work very well. So I think the key point there is something of value, right? Because like, I feel like people keep their email addresses almost as secret as their social security numbers. I mean, obviously, yes. like not that <laughs> secret, but like, I mean, people are very hesitant to give out their email addresses. Um, so it really needs to bring something of value to them when they're giving their email address to you for hopefully something in exchange that's going to help them through whatever they're experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The See, I feel like one thing that I see a lot too with uh, especially small businesses, they'll, one of the most common things I see on websites is a small box that just said, or a pop-up that'll say, enter your email for notifications. Um, I think when the internet first was a thing, that worked okay because emails were brand new and you weren't getting 10,000 emails a day from 10,000 different people. You were getting maybe five and three of those might've been from your mom or your dad or I don't know, <laughs> but you weren't getting a ton is kind of the point. Nowadays, everyone is trying to get your email address and everyone's spamming you. You have the Nigerian prince trying to request money. You have everyone <laughs> and everything trying to send you an email. So you have to really be sure that whatever you're exchanging the email for is of value because the key is you want the person to want your future emails, which is uh, that's sort of the main reason why the lead magnet needs to be tailored to your you know, potential customer or client because they, they have to want what it is you're giving them and want to hear back from you in the future. So I, it sounds really simple, but it's, it, it sometimes there's a lot of work sometimes that goes into trying to figure out who the ideal client is, who the ideal customer is, what might they specifically want. So it needs to be very valuable, just something that the potential client or customer absolutely wants. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's important to think of it as uh, the beginning of a relationship, you know, where you're saying, like, if it's valuable, they'll be more eager to open your future emails, right? And if yes. you just give them something like a flashy clickbait title that sounds good, but you don't deliver value, then they're not going to be excited to open your emails and they'll just bounce and unsubscribe, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You really want to be sure that the uh, lead magnet is quality. Um, right. And it, one thing I just want to throw out there too, you mentioned, a, uh, I think a key word when it comes to the follow-up process, and I, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but um, <laughs> I, a lot of people think that email is dead, that emails don't work, um, that people don't want to see your emails. And I think, this is my personal opinion, I think there's a difference between sending emails to just sell or like spammy emails and then emails to build a relationship, which is, to me, two very different things. And I feel like, especially nowadays, businesses might want to focus more on the relationship building side than the, I have X, <laughs> come buy it. And that's that's all we're here for, just for you to buy my stuff. I don't really care about you or your concerns. Right. I have it, come right. get it. Right. Don't overcomplicate it if you don't have to. 
Um, I think some people, myself included, and some people <laughs> try to get maybe too fancy with lead magnets. Um, and they want to make it look super nice and see, which is fine. It's good to have, you know, you want to have a certain standard to whatever you put out. Um, but there's a sort of balance between you taking a day to make something very nice versus you taking a month to make something that many people might not really, because a lot of lead magnets, people get them. Like if you do an ebook, for example, people might want the lead magnet or the ebook at the moment. They download it. They forget about it. They don't check their email. And it's not that they didn't want it. They just never open it because they are distracted with the 50 billion other things that life distracts us with nowadays. Um, right. So you have to kind of take into consideration if you take a month to make that one lead magnet and about one out of 10 people open it, you kind of wasted a lot of time when you could have just taken five minutes and a good five minutes, a quality five minutes, but five minutes <laughs> and the exact same one out of 10 people would have still opened it and it would have been the exact same results. So, so, okay. So we get a lead magnet. It's valuable. People loved it. Step two, tell us more about, um, what we're doing with these emails. Um, so step two, once you get the emails, you just need to store them in a database of some sorts. Um, I've seen some people, they use, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, Google sheets. Um, I don't know how they do it because that's a lot of manual, entries and it's a lot of work that I just don't, I'm too lazy for that. Um, but there's plenty of CRMs out there, customer relationship management systems, uh, whatever you want to call it has different names, but yeah, basically different tools online that automate the process of getting the email and storing it for you. Um, right. I know two that I love MailChimp. I love, um, mm -hmm. We use, it's called Zoho, Z-O-H-O. Uh -huh. um, that's a pretty good tool. And a lot of people like HubSpot. Um, HubSpot's great. I just find it to be a bit complicated <laughs> for what I need to do. So I kind of avoid it, but it's a great free option. Yeah. But um, yeah, you just need some place to store it because, you know, if you're not storing the emails and you can't follow up with them and the sort of, I think one of the things that people sometimes miss is most people don't really buy on the first contact. I think it's usually about maybe 20% of people are the type of people that if you say I have product A, they're super excited and they go, oh, I want it right here, right now. I have the cash for it. Let me buy it. Most people aren't like that. Um, most people require follow-up. You kind of have to, especially depending on what the product or service is, you might have to educate them, build that relationship. They might have to trust you. Um, and you need, you, you can't do that on the first contact. You need to have two, three, four, five, six points of contact, um, mm -hmm. for that sale. I've even happen. heard up to 12 at times. But yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's funny because um, in real estate, I was a real estate agent. I'm still licensed, but I don't actively do it. And uh, I met one guy in December of, uh, I think it was 2018, and followed up with him for a full year until 2019, before he was ready to buy a house. So, yeah, sometimes depending on the industry, it wow. might be 12 
follow-ups. I've heard of some industries where it takes years of follow-up to get just one sale. These are, of course, you know, bigger items like uh, right. New York luxury houses. But right, the bigger the ticket, the more trust that needs to be developed there in that relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, a lot of people think that it's just if I put it out, they'll buy it immediately. If they don't, then my product sucks or I suck or my service. And it's like, well, not really. They just, you know, they weren't ready to buy. There's no need to force it upon them the moment they see it. Build a relationship. Be patient. Um, and that's where the emails come in. Just building that relationship like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So when you're building the relationship, like if you're doing it via email, because you have the emails, um, how, so you're saying like, you know, it could be anywhere from three, six, 12, or a year's length of time. Um, how often do you suggest contacting people or putting out relationship building emails? Is there like a sweet spot for how, how often is too often to annoy them and how often is not often enough and they forget about you? <laughs> yeah, I see it. That's always the challenge is trying to figure out the best cadence and frequency to send out emails. Right. Yeah, I don't know if I have a specific frequency for it. I What I'm trying to do, and it's very difficult, <laughs> but I'm trying to send out for right now one email every single day. Um, it's very hard. I'm not there yet, but I've seen some businesses do two a day. They usually do one in the morning and one around six or 7 PM at night. If you send them out too infrequently, they might not see them. Um, even if they're interested, it just gets buried under the other 50,000 emails they're getting. If you send them too much and it's not a value people, you risk people getting upset, I would say. And I think there's some issues too with if you send too many emails, I think different email platforms might register it as spam. So they might automatically put it in the spam folder. Uh, uh, even if a potential, you know, person who wants to see your emails, you know, I've had that happen to me where I've subscribed and a company just emails super frequently and my Gmail account assumes it's spam. And it's only four months later that I just randomly decide to check my spam account that I see, oh, all these emails I've been waiting for are in my spam folder. And that's why I haven't seen right. them because right. Gmail thought it was spam. So, Dang it, uh, Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gmail's uh, some evil people. No. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's tough. You have to kind of experiment and sort of – I feel like that's where the analytics come in. You have to kind of really just track and see what's working, yeah. what's not working. Totally. So, uh, totally. Yeah. I apologize. I don't have a very, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> no, I mean, one. I think that that's, that's a key true. answer that we hear over and over again in all sorts of business contexts is just try, look at the analytics and try again and see if it works yeah. better. And, and this is, you know, a different topic, but again and again, it comes down to experimentation in business. And if uh, I feel like, you know, for, for this specific thing of email marketing or, or anything you're up to, if you don't have a, a mindset for experimentation, uh, you might as well get out now because there's no like <laughs> perfect answers uh, that works for every industry, every business, every location. <laughs> it's just yeah. not. You can, you can Google. I've tried. I've looked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like the weird thing about marketing is it, 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 I, I'm sometimes I still get 
weirded out by it. You might see someone in the exact same industry do something insane and it works perfect for them. And you try to replicate it and do the exact same thing. And for you, it just bombs. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. Why did it work for that yeah. guy? Yeah. So um, I know um, I know one thing, just kind of as a random side note. Um, some people on social media, for example, suggest post once a day. Then there's other people that suggest post four times a day. And then I've seen some people who post like seven times a day. And I've seen all three work well so wow. if someone were to say how often should i post you know i guess you could say somewhere in the middle but where's the middle five posts three posts seven posts i don't know so it's so it's not once a month is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> i i should probably up my social game is what you're saying <laughs> you know what it could work i don't know that's the it's, if it's working then it could work <laughs> Yeah, fair. Some people will say, well, what if they unsubscribe? Um, my thing is, don't be too afraid of people unsubscribing. Um, some people are like like me. I'm very guilty of this. I might see a, for example, I just happened literally last week. I see a Facebook ad. It says, download this ebook to see a template for, I think it was for a funnel. Um, and I had no interest in ever buying with this company. I, I just didn't care. I just wanted to see the, uh, you know, what their templates look like. So I download the templates and I unsubscribe and has, I'm nothing against the, the company. Uh, you know, I'm just not one of their customers right now, maybe in the future, but, uh, some people might get too attached to every subscriber and say, Oh, they unsubscribe. They don't like my content. It's like, no, they could be like Lenny, just really bad people who want the information, but don't want to <laughs> contribute and build relationships so here's the thing though lenny i don't think you're a bad person at all because every subscriber eventually starts costing you money and so if you stayed on the list and had no intention of buying ever and never opened an email i think that's a worse person than the person (laughs) who unsubscribes right away (laughs) like if you start thinking about it like that like of course there are people out there who who don't want your thing absolutely 100 percent. there are a lot of them um, so if they unsubscribe and get out of your way, great. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's a great way to look at it. That's see, I feel, I feel, I feel a little bit better now. I don't feel as bad. Yeah, see, see? and you're doing great. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I do the same thing. So I know I figured out how to justify it. <laughs> so I think another point with that is, is don't overthink the topic. So like you're a professional in marketing, that's not my expertise. So like, if you told me these three things, I would, I would download that ebook. Like if Josh told me three IT things, I would download that ebook, you know, versus like if I told you like three meal prepping tips, like you'd probably download that ebook. So I think it's also really important kind of sticking with that to not overthink it because we're so immersed in our own industries that we think everyone knows everything, but that's not the truth. Like yeah. simplify it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I think everyone's a victim of that at some point. They kind of, they kind of take the information they know for granted. And assume that yeah. everyone knows it. All right, Lenny, are you ready for three questions? Yeah, let's do it. Three questions. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? Um, Bali. Cool. Just because, just because. Just because. That's <laughs> that <was> nice. <laughs> Two, if you could choose, what would be your last meal? Lasagna. 
Nice. I love cooked by Italian anyone in particular. Food, so. What's that? Cooked by anyone in particular? N- no. Just, just, just I love lasagna. <laughs> yeah, just lasagna. Quality. As long as it tastes good, I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's fair. And then last, what is your favorite hobby that doesn't make money? Um, writing, which is kind of a weird one because I feel like that's depends on what kind of writing, but general like journaling and sort of writing, not for the sake of making money. Right. Cool. Nice. Well, thanks so much, Lenny, for being here. We super appreciate you taking the time to educate our listeners. Um, tell us where people can find you. And I'm sure because we just spent time talking about it, you have a lead magnet where people could find you, don't you? <laughs> I do. I actually, I do. Yeah. Instagram, it's Leviticus Rich. I do have a lead magnet. It just kind of goes into more detail about the three steps I talked about in this podcast, in this episode. Yeah. So it's um, affinityagency.co and it's forward slash free hyphen ebook. And that's it. And just put in your email. Awesome. And you get done with that. <laughs> and you get a book. And then unsubscribe. Be, be like <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> if you unsubscribe, right. at least let me know if you like the book. That'll still make yeah, me happy. Yeah, there you go. Happy. There you go. Well, thanks so much, Lenny, for being here. We'll put those links in the show notes. Thanks, Lenny. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. The Unstuck Institute podcast is brought to you by my very own podcast, Startup Course. Are you ready to make your voice heard? You don't need to be a tech geek to figure out everything you need to make that happen. The podcast Startup Course will walk you through everything you need to know to get started without breaking the bank. So log on to podcaststartupcourse.com backslash checklist now to download your free checklist on everything you need to know to get your podcast started today. And just for unstuck listeners, if you're interested in the podcast startup course, you can get 50% off. That's right, 50% off by using the offer code unstuck at checkout. Go to podcaststartupcourse.com. It's time for a recap. One, create a lead magnet using a gift in exchange for contact info. Two, put said contact info in a database. Three, follow up via email, text message, or social media. And that's a wrap on episode 79. Website and show notes are at www.unstuck.institute. Remember to follow us on Instagram at unstuck.institute. And if you love our podcast and would like to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show. Leave us a five-star written review to be entered into a drawing to win a 30-minute brainstorming coaching sesh with me and Josh. For instructions on how to leave a review, go to our website, www.unstuck.institute. Talk to you next week when we'll be talking about focusing on one thing at a time. Something I'm not too good at. Don't overcomplicate it if you don't have to. Fuck, I'm cutting out. (laughs) Yeah. Hitting the mic doesn't help. It just blows my ears out. (laughs) 